Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. I'm rather excited to announce that I don't have a lot of news. And some of the news that I'm going to cover is unfortunate for me because I don't want to talk about it, but I think it's important because some of you may care about this content and I would not be doing my public service if I did not cover these. So I will get into them, but I'm not going to spend significant time on them. First, if you've been looking at a wallet or exchanges or online, you're noticing more price fluctuations as we saw before. However, it does look like that BNB, Binance Smart Chain's native token, looks like it's in a generally healthy state. It's not crashing, at least. It's not where it needs to be because we're still close to 50% down, but it's nowhere near where it was trending towards. That's a positive sign. It means that there's a little bit of recovery uh, somewhere on the forefront. And then Ethereum is slightly up. It's, it's well over 50% down, but it's trending slightly back up to hopefully get to a healthy point. I would say that with Ethereum in particular, the chats about the what used to be called ETH20 are still hot and heavy. They're still going on to kind of get that going. And there was some back and forth happening on social media about level two networks. And I'm not, I've never done an episode to specifically talk about it, but just to clarify a couple points that people were a little bit confused about. But ultimately, when you think of a, when you think of gas, right, gas and network usage and validation, which is a whole different process, proof of work, proof of stake, all these things you hear about. And Ethereum, by and large, is at the forefront of the conversation because it has the most utility today. I say today, and I stress today. However, Ethereum is not really fiscally sustainable, meaning that you can make a lot of money on it, but you have to spend a lot in gas in order to get there because of the way that it's structured. And then when you get on exchanges, it's a little bit easier, but you're still having to use gas to send it anywhere. And so it it has this kind of duality to it of I've got to spend a lot of money in order to get the potential to make a lot of money and not everyone is going to succeed. You have projects that are poorly planned and they don't do the right thing. That happens a lot. You have to watch out for scams. I would argue that the majority of scams are on the Binance chain. However, when I talked about Tornado Cash, which was the tool that allows a scammer who takes money to essentially launder money out and hide their trail, Tornado Cash is directly built around the Ethereum chain. So my summary of this is that Ethereum has, it's got the most eyes on it. It's got the most risk from my perspective, because even if you don't have a lot of scams, just the nature of the way Ethereum has been built so far has created kind of that inherent risk. Bitcoin is always in the conversation because Bitcoin is where I argue the big money is moving. When people are buying in, selling out, Bitcoin's always in the conversation at some layer, whether it's in the liquidity side or it's people doing trades, whatever you think, Bitcoin is always kind of at the conversation when you talk about money movement. So when we were talking on social media, something came up, somebody made a comment and it was a very interesting conversation. When this person brought it to attention, it caused me to think, you know what? He's got a point in where we've come in cryptocurrency. And I'm going to summarize kind of what I, what I, what my fallout was because it ties directly to the news that I'm now seeing. So first let's get to the news. Then I'm going to circle back and tie it all in together. Number one, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and of course, if you know, you heard my episodes before, you know that she's anti-crypto, has been, and of course, it's, you know, energy uses deep, 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 proof of work, deep, 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 is always the conversation. 
has never died down, as far as I can tell. She sends a letter to mining companies that specifically Bitcoin, but she sends a letter to mining companies and summaries what she wants is she wants to understand their energy usage, uh, what sources of the energy. So basically, are they using you know fossil fuels or are they using renewables and then prospects for growth? And straight away, I can tell you, it's digging. She's digging. She's digging for data to support her argument, which is a fallacy, but I know that's what she's doing. She wants to prove that, no, you're using fossil fuels, and, of course, it's damaging to environment and climate change and Green New Deal and ban cows. and That's what she's doing. She's not doing it to support it. She's doing it to be against it, and she needs data to make that case. So she's, I think she's, as they say, the young kids used to say, stunting for attention on that one. But when she does this, it got me digging a little bit deeper on my side to try to understand a little bit better, well, what's the, what's the origin or genesis of this one? A couple of other things happen. So we got a little bit more information on the whole, what they, a person on uh, YouTube called it Bitcoin Biden. Uh, I love that. The executive order from the President Biden, where we assumed it was going to be anti-crypto. As we read a little bit about the rules... It sounds, though, it sounds good, as every law does, but in summary, what they're trying to do is to get all of the different governmental agencies on the same page with a singular strategy moving forward. And you're like, well, that's what we need. I would argue it's not what we need because the different organizations all having different opinions creates a dialogue that allows us to have a strong conversation so we can decide what to do to move forward correctly. When you create a single one, it creates the risk that Biden's going to simply allocate it to the SEC or another organization where he's placed someone who's anti-crypto and then that person becomes God and then starts putting crypto bans in place. Again, we are going off the pattern of the current administration. So we're not tinfoiling when we say this. The current administration has been anti anything that allows individuals to generate wealth or allows us to have freedoms or allows us to not have excessive reliance on unsustainable energy sources, referring to like solar and wind. So I suspect that there will be some actions moving forward to try to centralize it to the SEC. I suspect that when they do that, the people who run it are going to try to put bans in place or they'll try to put restrictions in place that might as well be bans. And as people online talked about it, that means that what they're going to do is they're essentially going to force everything to act like the stock market. And if you don't act like the stock market, Mr. Exchange, then you can't operate in the U.S. And then, of course, they'll all ban themselves and they'll block out U.S. traders, which is going to force people to leap to VPNs to get around it. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. In Arizona, Senator Rogers puts out a bill saying we need to make Bitcoin legal tender, tender in Arizona. Arizona is a weird one because this is a state where, according to what's on paper, they voted for President Biden. They wanted President Biden. They didn't want Trump. And yet they've done things to actively go against the president, which makes no sense to me. So it's a sketchy situation because it's like, ideally, in a properly run democracy, the states would have had delegated power to make those kind of decisions. We wouldn't have the federal government talking about a ban at the federal level. We would have the states make the decision. When you talk about cross-border Inter, inter, um, interstate commerce, then it gets a little bit tricky because if state A supports it and state B bans it, what do you do? Well, we already have that problem now with guns and weed and everything else. So I don't suspect that it's a 
problem that we can't confront. And I, I question why the feds need to be involved at all. I've said it before. It's no different than provinces for those that are listening in other countries. You have different provinces that have different rules and laws, and you guys are perfectly fine with it. But then you get your government at the highest level, whether it's a parliamentary or whatever, and then they just impose a ban. And they don't allow the citizens to say, well, wait a minute. This is something we can support and it can help our society. I believe that there's a higher motivation behind it, largely driven by the United States government, the current administration of the government. As I've said before, I suspect it's a desire to ban cryptocurrency because they don't want people to get individually wealthy. That's my theory. Unless if you're already the one percenter, and then the one percenter, of course, is able to do it because they're part of the one percenter. Tinfoil, I understand. I know. I maintain my stance because I'm not seeing evidence to the contrary, and until I do... I'm going to maintain that that philosophy and that thought process. And then uh, the last bit of news, real quick. This one won't take that long. So with uh, the level twos, Avalanche, which is one of the, it's a true level two in the core definition. There's been some back and forths about what's a level two, what's not a level two. And somebody summarized it, I think, very well when they said, well, ultimately, we have to look at the dependency on Ethereum. Are you inherently linked to Ethereum, dependent on Ethereum, affected by Ethereum, or are you truly independent? That's compelling to me because by that logic, it is truly avalanche that kind of stands out amongst the crowd. Why does that matter to you? Because it create if it's true, if, if we accept that as true, if we accept that that's the singular definition of a true level two, is that you don't have the hard dependence on Ethereum and its behaviors up or down, then that means that Avalanche creates a bullish signal and we should pay attention to it for growth going forward. That means that games and anything else that are built on Avalanche should theoretically thrive because they would no longer be subject to the whims of not only Ethereum, but the other networks like like Polygon and Phantom that are still in some way connected to Ethereum. So Avalanche now starts to get into the limelight. And we saw that its price movement for the Avalanche token, the AVAX token, started to spike a little bit, even regardless of the red market. So I've started to pay a little bit more attention to it. I got some coins in Avalanche. I've never bought into Avalanche before this, but I started paying a little bit more attention to it. So as I start covering underdog tokens again, which today I will have an underdog token, but as I start covering them again, I'm going to start introducing some Avalanche tokens just to make sure I'm fair. And I'll try to do my best to rotate to the different networks just to have some spread. It's challenging because some of them are very, you're like, you're watching it. You're like, okay, I don't know what this thing does. Like uh, magic internet money. So, but I will commit to you that I will pay more attention to the Avalanche network and any tokens I see that, that appear to be worth the time and energy on that one. In response to what was going on, this isn't really news, just more of an update, but in response to what was going on with the price movement, uh, Robinhood came out and said that they're going to look into fixing their crypto. They know it sucks, and they're going to try to add more. They know that people want certain of these assets, and they're going to try to tweak that so that they'll get on it. And, of course, this is a direct response to SHIB. We all know it is because for whatever freaking reason, they're squawking about SHIB, and I don't know why. But they're going to talk about it, and... Apparently, this is coming from the CEO of Robinhood. He came out and he basically says, and this was in a, a call, earnings call. He came out and he said, look, we know, we understand you're trying to do it. The reason that we haven't done it is because some of them could be securities. 
And so basically what he's saying is that he's they're waiting. They're waiting and watching for the government, the United States government to make a decision on what's the security and what's not. That's the reason that they haven't that they have moved prior to this. I think the contradict to what he's saying is from anybody who can get into Robinhood, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you can trade Doge and Bitcoin. And if we were to define a security in the core sense of a thing, uh, as I said, Doge is, I would say, is a close fit. I don't know if it perfectly fits, but I would say Doge is a close fit. Yet they were happy to list Doge. So their argument doesn't really make any sense. And then when I look at the guy, I, I can tell he's coming fresh out of the 60s. So it may be that his thought process is just from the 60s and he doesn't understand that his hesitation doesn't make any logical sense. You could lift, list cryptocurrencies and then simply deactivate them if a decision comes down. Like you don't just stop in time. And I'm saying this, mind you, as somebody critical of Robinhood in general as a crypto platform, but his approach is very concerning. Like you don't just stop in time just because well, we need a law. We need a law. You know the government doesn't take quick effort to make law. They take their time and they're slow. And meanwhile, your stymieing process and your customers getting pissed off and possibly may jump ship to another platform, which I think they should. So I, if I were, I mean, I, I have a Robinhood account, but I don't use it. But it's like I think they need to understand their investors and the customers of the platform and simply say, we need to do what they want us to do. They're the boss. We need to do what they're asking. Let's get them on there. And then whenever something happens with the law, we will figure it out. Here's the reason I'm so adamant about this. When the government came out, when President Biden went on the air and said, come on, man, and threatened Americans about not getting a jab and said, you're going to lose your job and all this stuff and started threatening to pass a rule. No rule was passed. No law was passed. Supreme Court shot it down. But private businesses jumped on the bandwagon and started forcing a thing. People lost their jobs. It's this whole big furor. They just went ahead. They didn't need the government to make a law for that. And they made a decision on that to just go ahead and do it. Later, Supreme Court says, no, that's unconstitutional. You can't do that. We're not going to allow you to do that. But these private businesses have gone ahead and done it, opening for the door for lawsuits. So the point is, is that Robin Hood could move forward. They don't need the law. And for them to say we're waiting on the law screams past the buck. It screams like they got no balls in the game. And you like that, huh? And I, I don't know where that's coming from. It just seems like the guy's stuck in the 60s based on his shirt and hair and everything else. He's And the way he's talking. Like he's just stuck in the stuck in the mud or something. I'm not sure. And then on the on the flip side, Coinbase took the opposite approach. Coinbase said, "You know what? We're going to think about listing more tokens and tokens that are on uh, Cosmos, which is Atom is the coin, but it's the Cosmos network. Uh, we're going to look at more coins that are on the Solana network, um, including like Solana's USD stable coin." This is huge. I don't know why they picked Solana because Solana, of course, is very unstable and hasn't had a uh, very good performance as of late, but it's still progress because Coinbase has been hesitant to list something that's outside of the Ethereum network. They certainly don't list things that's on the Binance chain. <laughs> so uh, them going any other network, I think is good. If we can get more like the Binance and Phantom and others, Coinbase is gets even more recommendation. And I don't really think Coinbase is amazing, but they're certainly better than Robinhood by 10 factor. This is evidence of why they're willing to just go and go where the customers are asking for the most part. They're still picky about who they list, but we're talking things like stable coins and things where now you can receive this through the Solana network or through another network. 
and then you can exchange it to whatever other crypto that you want without having to go through the hoops you currently have to do. What Coinbase is doing, that's what Robinhood should be doing, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> I have no idea why. I have no clue. Don't know. So that's what I got on the news for you. I know that was a little bit. It wasn't too long, but I know it was a little bit, but that's what I got on the news. I want to circle back on a few tokens. Satama has been trending slightly upward. I wouldn't say it's on a bull run, but it's been trending slightly upward. It, it was able to get back up. It had breached the bottom resistance again down to uh, down to one. So it had seven zeros and one. It's back up to seven zeros and two. It briefly broke seven zeros and three and then had a little bit of pressure going downward. So now it's at test mode. Now we're testing. Can it maintain the bottom and keep going up? And as I look at the limit orders, I do see people are trying to push it up. So they're trying to get it to the point where it's going to go on a positive trend as opposed to a negative trend. So that's at least progress. Whales are still buying SHIB like crazy. There's now whales that are buying Matic, the token from Polygon. And we're seeing a, a really huge motion in the direction positive for a lot of these alternatives. Like we're not seeing significant movements on Ethereum. We're seeing the alternatives. Um, Polygon Matic, uh, Chili's, which is another um, network off the side. And I think it's good. I don't know. I don't know if there's if it's temporary. That's that's what that's why I'm hesitating. I don't know if it's temporary. I'm not sure if there's some temporary movement of money that's causing certain tokens to be targeted now and then eventually they move them back. I'm not really sure. But your wallet should hopefully be smiling because again, BNB was mostly spared from it and then Ethereum is largely trying to recover at least a little bit. Especially if you're bought into leash from the SHIB ecosystem. You're in pain because that thing jumped to like $8,000 at one point. Now it's worth $800 and some people are probably pissed off. And it does look like it's coming back up. So that means something. We just don't know what. I would say be a little bit conservative. Don't get overexcited. Don't let's go because remember, we're still in tax season. And I suspect tax season is going to cause a little bit more red sometime as we get closer to April time frame. And businesses are doing liquidations in order to help pay tax bills. We saw it with Elon Musk. And we saw what the price did when he did that. So I'm not saying to freak out. I'm saying just be aware something like this is still going to continue at least for some indeterminate period of time. We don't necessarily know how long that's going to take. But just keep an eye on it. And make sure that you watch out. Again, as long as you trust your developer for your investment, you don't have to worry about being like scammed or rug pulled or any of that kind of stuff. You just need to make sure you trust the project. That's the most important point is look at the fundamentals. Make sure you trust the project. Everything else will flow and things will recover. We just don't know exactly when. And that's just crypto 101. Now, let's go ahead and get into our underdog token for the day. I'm not going to spend significant amounts of time on it, but I felt it deserved a little bit of coverage. Now that I have dug into it a little bit, did a little bit of research on it, I want to cover it really quick, and then we will wrap up with some follow-on information. That's a circle back from a previous episode. I stumbled across um, a network a while ago. I purposely didn't buy into the main coin, but I bought into a secondary coin. It's what exposed me then to the main network, and I've been following the main network for a while. And I bought into some of the secondary coins, never the main one, because it was frustrating. Turns out that one of my coins gave me access this secondary coin gave me access to the main coin by way of a uh, staking, uh, but it's an auto stake. So basically just hold it 
and then you can claim manually claim from their auto staker. And this secondary coin's Thunder BNB. I didn't cover Thunder BNB because I do think it's garbage. However, you, it gave me access to one Thorium. Now the problem is that their staking tool has never been updated to reflect the new contract for Thorium. Thorium, I'm not going to cover it today, but just it's important that you're aware of it. Thorium is kind of the parent token of this whole ecosystem, and there's a lot of tokens in this. There's Thunder BNB, Thunder Cake, Thunder ADA, I believe, uh, Epic Hero, all sorts of things in this, all sorts of coins. And then uh, Multiverse um, is another token that I was holding. So there's a lot of them that all work together. They recently launched, and they have what's called an ITO launch. And basically what it means is there's an initial token offering. And the way they broadcast it, they put ads everywhere, and it's we're launching a new token. And if you want to get on this new token, you know, come here, and then you can buy in on the presale and hold nine. Some of the tokens, the way that they have it built, you, they do require you to put some of your thorium in there, and they have minimum limits how much thorium. So in order to even participate in the presale, you have to hold thorium in the wallet. And then you have to have BNB, this is all Binance Smart Chain. So I was really annoyed to see that you're forced to hold this other token over here, and the thorium token's like $1.50 per coin or something like this, but you're forced to do that just to do a presale. As I'm scrolling through it, turns out that you don't have to do that. those options just if you want to stake. In this case, I wanted to stake my Thunder BNB because it's useless because I can't get the right Thorium. But you're required to have Thorium in order to stake Thunder BNB. So now I'm getting really pissed off. So I scroll a little bit more and it turns out, okay, well, you can give us, you know, Binance USD, which is a stable coin, or wrapped uh, Binance USD, which is another stable coin, or wrapped BNB, which is a not a stable coin, but it's uh, easy to get. So there's a few other options if you want to buy in that don't require you to hold any Thorium. Okay, cool. And I'm looking at the tokenomics of this dude, and it seems pretty sound. However, I'm skeptical about the performance that they quote. And so I figure I would toss a little bit of money at it, watch it, see how it goes. This coverage that I'm doing here today is going to be the preview coverage. And then later, once I give it some time, because it's going to need some time to marinate, so I can prove it out, then I'll do a follow-on coverage and I'll do a deeper dive into what it is that it's talking about. But it launched today officially on PancakeSwap, so you could go and buy it, and I do encourage you to go and take a look at it to see if it's something that makes sense for you in your portfolio. However, I think it's important that you understand some of the nuances of this token because there's a little bit more than just your standard average token to think about. The token's name is called libero financial and libero.financial is the website and to be clear this is a rebase token i have an older episode that talks about what rebase tokens are in summary the rebase token is all about your percentage of the total not your individual token supply that means that your token supply is constantly changing over time based on where the price needs to move so people will buy into this and they'll get like millions or millions or billions and billions of tokens. And then when they rebase it, your token count changes. And now all of a sudden you got a few thousand and it's because they're getting closer to the target that they want, but the price per token has increased. So it's a, it's a very high risk type token is rebase. And there's a, there's a logic to it that may escape certain people. Like you might look at it saying, well, then what's the point? The point, and it's hard, 
is to think about what it is that you want to do without caring about the number of tokens in your wallet. And that's hard because you're conditioned to think, okay, I pay this and I get this many tokens and I'll just wait until that many tokens exists or that price hits for that many tokens. And I know price movement, da, 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 da. this is different. This, you need to make sure that you are always paying attention only to your value, your basis value. So if you buy in at $50, as this rebase happens, your value is going to go up or down because it's based on the percentage of the total. It's based on your percentage as a contributor. The best analogy I can give you when you have stock and your stock truly is an ownership stake in a, con in a company, you are entitled to a certain percentage of that company's revenue, which is usually paid out if they offer it by way of dividends. The amount of dividends you're going to get is directly correlated to your percentage in terms of how much stock you have, your percentage of ownership of the company. So somebody who has a 50% stake in stock gets is entitled to a dividend that is equivalent to 50% of the dividend equivalent percentages. So when you calculate your stake, you have to take into consideration how big or small your percentage happens to be. In rebase token, it's very similar in the sense that your stake is going to be the percentage of total. Because it's percentage of total, in theory, your value should consistently increase the more people buy in, but also as long as it never hits the target. So what they do is they determine how much do we think this should be worth at the highest level? What should be its price target at the maximum potential? That price is the target that they're shooting for. And as long as it's not there, your value should theoretically increase regardless of the number of tokens in your wallet. Now, they took it a step further with this one. They added a rewards option, and they quote an APY that's absolutely outrageous of 158,893.59% with a daily ROI of 2%. And so you get 2% rewards added to your wallet as additional tokens, and this happens based on, of course, the, the volume that's going through the transactions. And they give you a dashboard where you can see, okay, here's your stake. Here's how many tokens you have. And here's what that pool is worth. And you can buy and you can sell and they don't charge. There's, there's taxes on buys and sells, but they're not outrageous. But they tell you straight on the site, because our APY is this, which means that's hitting our target. And because your daily rewards this, you can put in what on their site, straight on their site, you can put in a thousand dollars. And you will have, you know, 1.5 million by the, by the time of the year's end. This is highly unrealistic for one main reason. First, there has to be a consideration on things like inventory, total inventory. And then as more people get on, the more holders you have, it's going to get harder for you to maintain that same momentum. Like it's not, it's not something where you can just, just straight say you're going to be a millionaire to like a thousand in there. Nobody can guarantee that when you have a rebase token, it's even harder to hit that because it's a rebase token. A rebase token by its very nature, its value is going to shift according to what that target's going to be and how close you are or not to it. So is it possible that it hits these outrageous numbers? Sure. Is it likely? I. It's hard to say because they just launched this too early. I will tell you that based on what I see right now, it is trending solid positive upward as a new launch. 
it does have very clear numbers and, and data points about how much you should expect to make per day. And your rate per day, if I look at the rate per day versus the value of my stake, it's basically doubling every day. And I didn't put a lot in. And then it tells you how much your earnings are, which means how many tokens are being added to the pot. My theory is what they're doing is they're saying because we're because you're getting this many tokens in your bag added every day and because we know the value is going to increase and because some of this is pegged to stable coin behavior, we are somewhat insulated from the disruptions of BNB to where we can help keep the value the same, even though we may need to rebase because we're not at our target yet. And because we're so low beneath the target, it means you benefit from greater rewards than you would have had for any other token. I know that's a lot to take in, but suffice it to say that if this is able to do what they say it can do, it may have solved the core problem with rebase tokens, which is the loss of value when you get close to your target. If they've done that by way of the earnings, the daily earnings as a compound to the rebasing and the revalue, revaluation, it's an intriguing thought process. And so I, again, I did buy in because I wanted to watch it so I can measure it, but I couldn't cover it in one episode. It's something where I have to give them a chance, give them some time. Every single investment is going to be a time thing. Now, all that said, here's the thing. If I had from the pre-launch, if I had put in, just going off my basic math, if I they had uh, 50 BNB as the maximum you could put in if you were doing BNB, which I did. So at 50 BNB off three, so you're talking what, 15 grand? So if I had put in 15 grand to this thing, if if I had done that, let's just theorize. If I had put 15 grand in that thing, I would have doubled it first day. I would have tripled it probably a week after. That's how that's how as as of right now, that's the level of growth I'm seeing. And I want to stress, I'm not selling you on it. I'm trying to outline based on the math I see, it looks like they've solved that problem of how to get rebase tokens not to lose their value. That's the summary of this. If they have, I think it's a model for how rebase tokens could be used because if you don't know and you've never touched a rebase token, it can be disorienting if you're a new trader because you just look in your wallet one day and the number of tokens is down. You bought in, you had billions and billions of tokens and all of a sudden you dial in and there's a thousand in there. You're like, what the heck's going on? Or worse, there are people who put in $30,000 of value and it went down to 15,000 only because of the way the rebase worked and the fact that it lost because of liquidity issues. So rebase has been controversial. Some people have likened it to shitcoin activity, so-called. I don't agree with it, but I do see that it's a controversial thing and I don't like seeing rebase tokens unless they can solve the value shift problem, which is why when I saw this one, I figured I would give it a chance, see what it's all about and kick the tires and, and kind of go from there. So libero.financial, L-I-B-E-R-O.financial, if you want to take a look at it. It did launch on PancakeSwap today, so it's open for trading right now, and you can take a look. And if you think it makes sense, or maybe you're used to rebase tokens and maybe you like them, feel free to take a look, and you can buy into it right now if you want to take a look and, and do that. I will continue watching my bag, because like I said, it's not a large bag, so there's not a lot of risk. I will watch it, make sure the rewards work, watch to see the APY doesn't change, see if my value, value continues increasing, see if it's truly what they say it is. And if it turns out that it's 100% legit, I'm happy to advocate for it. And then let's wrap up with a little bit of commentary. 
because I know there's a lot of controversial things happening and I want to make sure I'm clear and I put a statement, official statement out, things that happened with the whole, you know, Joe Rogan and everything else. And I understand, believe me. And I want to explain how generally podcasts work. I'm not talking the YouTube ones. I'm talking ones like this one. When we publish a podcast, we're on a host. That host could be anything, right? It could be Spotify, but it also could be iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It could be Substack. It could be Podbean, uh, Listen Notes. Uh, there's tons. And so we choose a platform that meets our needs. When we host our podcast on a platform, that podcast then is available in open public data to any of these services to basically replicate a view of the podcast. So our podcast is not hosted on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, Spotify isn't our host. Spotify has a copy essentially of our episodes that they are making available to you as a courtesy so that if you're already a Spotify member, you can keep it all together so that you don't have to jump platforms. So just to be clear that we are not hosted on Spotify itself, but we are available on Spotify as an option. If you're feeling for whatever reason that you don't want to support Spotify, you don't have to listen to any of our podcasts on Spotify. You can use Apple podcasts. You can download an app. You can download an app on your phone, search Leicester life in there and it'll pull it in. That comes from Apple iTunes. So you don't have to, if you don't want the Spotify dependency, if you don't want to support Spotify for whatever reason, you don't have to, if you don't want to, you can choose any platform that we support. If you're not sure what platforms we support and you want to kind of get some other suggestions, please visit our site. It's CryptoTalkRadio.net. At the very top, scroll down, and up there you're going to see a category for basic cryptonomics as an example. And underneath there, we list the most common platforms we're on. And I want to just be clear, those aren't the only ones we're on. They're just the most common ones. If you just want to have it on your device, download it straight to you without having to worry about any of these apps that may do something that you don't agree with, you can download a podcast app. There's tons out there. If you're on Android, the one that we would recommend is called AntennaPod. It's on the Play Store. Download it in the search bar. Search for Leister Life. You'll see Basic Cryptonomics. And at the top, you'll see Gentleman's World. You'll see Basic Cryptonomics. You can choose one. You can choose either. You can listen to them without subscribing, but we recommend subscribing because then it'll alert you when a new one's available, a new episode. So you can add them there, and then that way you don't have to worry about the podcast platforms, Spotify or Apple or any of that. You can just do it straight on your device, and you can take it on the move and, and do it just like you did on the app. You don't have to be on the app if you don't want to. If you're happy with Spotify, please continue using Spotify. It'll always be there for you because our goal is to make sure that the platform is accessible to people as much as possible. I will say this, though. If you are on, let's say, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or something, and you know there's, again, a friend or family member, they could see value in what we cover, but because of hearing disability or something else, they're not able to participate. Remember that on Android, all of these tools, Spotify, Apple, everything, anything, all support closed cap or live captions in our case. They support captioning so that people can see the text of what we're talking about, and we have instructions to do that at CryptoTalkRadio.net. So if you're concerned about sharing out to other people and you want to make sure that they're getting well taken care of just direct them to our site please and we've got a lot of information there to try to help people get on board and we have a lot of platforms available because we realize that not everybody's going to be happy with each platform and we want to give you some choices in the matter so we appreciate you though listening in and we appreciate the availability and the opportunity to share the information that we have 
I will circle back on this one here, Libero Financial, for sure. I'm going to give them some time, though, probably eh, probably a couple weeks, because I want to just watch the rebasing in action. I want to watch the rewards, which I'm about to get my first reward. I want to watch the APY. I want to watch the ROI. I want to do the math and do real due diligence, because I'm not advocating it today. I'm making you aware of it, of what it is, because it launched new. It seems to have some positive momentum, and it looks like on the surface they may have solved a problem that may be beneficial for a portfolio. It's a high-risk investment because it's rebase. So you would want to balance it with more stable investments as well, like stable coins and everything else, so that you're not, don't YOLO into something like this, please. But I want to do some more coverage at some point in the future. For tomorrow's episode, I am going to dig into a different token. So it won't be this one. It'll be a different token that's gotten a lot of chatter. And I think that one's a scam, personal opinion. When I cover that one, if somebody's got some feedback that contradicts what I'm saying, I want that smoke. Please give me evidence of why we why I shouldn't think of this as a scam. And I'm going to give some details about why I believe that because of the structure. It, it screams scam. But for today, that's all I got. I will check back in with you tomorrow.